Hello everyone and welcome to episode 13 of Dixie Discusses. Um, very apt this week, seeing as it's been a year, uh, basically a year to the day since we were all last at Goodison for the Man United game. Um, it's a man who I normally see stood outside St Luke's uh, selling the best fanzine going, which is the Black Watch. It's Tom. How are you, mate? You okay? I'm good, Matty. How are you? Not too bad, mate. Yeah, surviving, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah. How's things with yourself, mate? Obviously, how's things with the fans? Yeah, uh, yeah, all good for me. Uh, like you say, I can't believe it's been a year since uh, since we were last outside Goodison selling it. Um, and you know, normally when I'm selling it outside, like you say, I normally like I see you, I bump into you, and all the different regulars as well. People I only know through watching Everton, you know, um, and only know through selling the mark and doing the mark. So uh, it's a bit bit sad, really, you know, that we haven't had that kind of uh, interaction for so long, but. Uh, the fanzine itself, though, yeah, we're still going, uh, still still plodding on. So um, uh, released the front cover for the new issue, the first one this year, uh, yesterday, which has gone down really well. Uh, got some really good stuff in it. Um, managed to do an interview with uh, Robert Vajika, uh, uh, which is going to going to feature in it. So um, you know, uh, obviously a, a name from from the past, which uh, it's, he had some really interesting stuff to say. Uh, so yeah, it's going well, mate. Yeah. Brilliant, mate. It's no great to see. Yeah, I, I was delighted to be honest, mate, when I when I seen it pop up on Twitter yesterday to say that obviously the new the new issue was coming out, and uh, you know I've I've been privileged, mate, to obviously write a few pieces. Um, you know, going going back, mate. So, uh, oh, great, great to see you coming back, mate. And like you said, hopefully sooner rather than later. You know, you can be, actually be out there, and you know, obviously outside Saint Luke's again, mate, and uh, seeing all the regulars. So, fingers crossed. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, but I mean, actually, Matty, you were one of the uh, the first people to to contribute. So, I think the. When, when when I launched the mag in 2017, uh, I did the first issue completely myself. Uh, you know, I didn't didn't actually get anyone else to contribute to that one. Uh, partly just because it was an experiment as much as anything at that point. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you contributed actually to the next one. So uh, so yeah, you've you've been a you've been a good good uh, good friend to the fanzine for a while. Um, well. I'll still be I'll still be there when you need me, mate. You know that anyway. But yeah. it's, it's it's great that obviously, like you said, you know, like you pop the poll right in it, mate. Fantastic that. Um obviously we'll I'm sure there'll be more to come as well, mate, once uh, hopefully this lockdown gets lifted and we can all start going a game again. Um I think that you know that'll be great for it. So but yeah, great to obviously hear you're doing well, mate. And uh, obviously you've got all those ideas in the pipeline, so that's brilliant. Um obviously gotta to talk to you a little bit on last night, mate, probably not too much. because uh, it wasn't similar to obviously a lot of the own games this season, mate. It was forgettable, wasn't it? But at least uh, the main thing was we got the three points for once. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was forgettable, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, you know, a lot of times this season watching the match on uh, on telly, I've, I've always thought, mainly for the good ones, you're like, oh, what would it be like if we were there? And I must admit, on about 62 minutes, I think it was last night, I thought if I was in the ground now I'd, on a Monday night with work the next morning, I'd just be watching the clock, desperate for it to, <laughs> desperate for it to finish. It wasn't a great spectacle. Um, you know, I think the weird thing for me was the, the disallowed goal seemed to knock the stuffing out of us. You know, I thought, I thought we'd started quite well. Obviously, Richarlison getting the early goal really helped us. Um, and then obviously, obviously, with Keane scoring, well, you know, scoring a disallowed goal, I thought then, you know, before the VAR check anyway, I was like, you know, 2-0 up, we'll coast us home. But that being disallowed seems to really knock the stuffing out of us and we never really got our got our game back, I didn't think. No, I, I agree with you, mate. I think, like you said, I think we would have went 2 up there. I think the game, you know, might have been comfortable. You could have went on to score three or four, you know, you don't know. But yeah, it seemed after that, the only source of threat that we had for the, for the majority of the game was set pieces, wasn't it? And don't be wrong, we always looked dangerous. I mean, I thought Keane... Uh, Keane technically could probably could have had a trick last night um, with obviously the chances that he has and, and different things but um, I, I thought it was only probably I'd say the last 15 minutes um, where as usual you know what it's like if you're only a goal ahead they're always going to get a little bit of a spell in the game and obviously Pickford comes up big doesn't he with a big save yeah. um, you know right at the death to sort of uh, make sure of the three points but like you said you know we'll uh, I don't think we'll be selling any DVDs about it soon or, you know, whatever streaming it these days, mate. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I thought uh, just on that, yeah, I thought just a word for Pickford because um, he's, you know, understandably and, and rightly at times had a bit of, bit of criticism for certain aspects of his play and certain mistakes he's made. But he made a big save in the derby, didn't he, from Henderson? Um, and uh, last night, yeah, the, the, the save he made last night, you know, both really, really crucial, really important saves. And um, and it's good, you know, it's encouraging to see, you know, because I think the thing for Pickford to me is 
I was really pleased when we when we signed him. And I thought in the first season or two, even though we weren't actually a very good team at that point under Koeman and and obviously the uh, the, the Allardyce era, which we, we all want to forget. I thought Pickford was a really good keeper, really reliable. And it's bizarrely since we got better that he's kind of uh, seems to have made a lot of errors. So I'm really pleased that he's he's made that contribution the last couple of games. No, I, I totally agree, mate. I mean, I, I, I probably one of his biggest critics. I've got to say, with obviously some of the some of the mistakes that he's made, but um, obviously over the last last couple of games, he's been excellent. So hopefully, he can push it forward. I, I did read somewhere that he's apparently he's using a, a sports psychologist now, and, and obviously that seems to be helping him. So if obviously he keeps up this level of performance, then um, you know he's not going to be shifted, is he? No, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's, it's since he's grown his hair, mate, and he doesn't look like the lad off This Is England <laughs> anymore, does he? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're spot on, mate. As you say, obviously, long, long may it continue. And um, I thought, I don't know about yourself, I thought I thought Gomez was actually decent last night as well. Um, you know, so it, I, I think certain players, I think we've got to realise as well, and I know, know Carlo keeps on harping back to it, he's going to use the squad, isn't he, as much as possible. So, um, obviously, you know, it might be a scrappy win, but in terms of where we want to get to, then I thought it was absolutely vital to get the three points last night. Yeah, I mean, I think, following on from the derby as well, I think if we hadn't won, you know, it would have really, yeah, it would have been so, so disappointing after such a big win, which has really opened the season up for us as well. Because one of the things with the derby, forgetting who it, who it was against, you know, is obvious. It's obviously it was obviously a win away to uh, a team who, yeah, were challenging for the top four, and so we really reined them in, you know, and we've and we've given up, really opened it up at the top. I think by winning that game. Last night, yeah, you know, I thought Southampton were there for the taking, I must say. Um, and I, f- I felt if we could have got out of first gear, we could have, you know, we, on another day, we could have scored two, three, four if we'd actually played it, played all right, because I thought they were crap, to be honest. Um, and I think they're possibly in big trouble. But um, yeah, you're right. After so many disappointing home results and so many times over the years where that sort of game where we have conceded the late goal uh you know getting the wins all that matters isn't it you know um most definitely mate yeah totally agree i think um, like you said in terms of the context of the season and where we want to get to it, it was massive we got the three points yeah. like you said obviously following from the derby because i think a lot of blues thought well you know it was going to be after the lord may show again and you know we were either going to get beat or, or, or draw that game and like you said it, it was just a, obviously a strange game if, if we would have got that second goal quite early i agree with you i, I think we probably would have steamrolled them but the longer and longer that it, it stays at one they'll obviously their belief grows a bit doesn't he and you know with the, then they start to come back into the game but main thing for me yeah it's three points no no injuries um and obviously on to on to Thursday in West Brom, which we'll, we'll touch on a bit later, mate. So, yeah, happy days. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you think, Matthew, as well. I think the other thing just to say on last night is, you know, you looked at the bench at the yeah, at the kickoff, and, um, you know, it's a depleted squad, wasn't it? You know what I mean? And this is the position we're in. You know, we're not in the, you know, obviously, I'm really hopeful for what we're doing. I'm really, I think Carlo's doing a brilliant job, and I think. Uh, you know, we've got some great aspirations for the rest of the season, but you know we also have to remember the state of the squad, don't we? You know what I mean? And um, and there's only so much that team and squad is going to be able to achieve. So you know, to win one 0 last night, I'm I'm fine with that. You know. <laughs> No, I totally agree, mate. Yeah, I think you looked at the bench, didn't you? And it resembles a crash, didn't it, for, for most of it? <laughs> somebody, somebody, which don't get me wrong, it's great to see some of the young lads being involved because I know, I know a few people have criticised Carlo for, for not sort of blooding a few of the youngsters. But like you said, yeah, it, it was it was, it was was bare bones time, wasn't it, mate? So I think hopefully that'll get rectified in the summer. Um, I think we, we all know we're probably still about three or four players short to where we, to where we want to get to. So like you said, to, to obviously get through the game with no injuries, mate, and three points, that, that's definitely the most important um, but just just moving on mate and obviously you've, you've listened to the podcast uh, with, which is great um, and obviously people have had a lot of different opinions on obviously their their best and worst times obviously supporting the Blues mate so I know, I know you, you I'm sure you'll have something to say on this so um, just probably starting off with obviously the, the players um, is is there a favourite that, that you've had mate obviously because I know you've been going again for a lot of years so yeah so I think um, so my first game was 1991 so just to give you an idea of the uh, you know the, the selection I've got available to me so obviously uh, you know the 80s squad are kind of out of bounds uh, obviously, Graham Sharp. I think was still playing for us, but he was, you know, not not at his his peak. So, my first favourite player was Peter Beardsley, and then through the years, obviously, you know, it was Ferguson in the mid nineties. And I, but I think ultimately, I've got to go for Kincelskis. Um And I, I was I was toying between him and him and Duncan. Um, 
And I've, but I'm going for Andre because I think that when he signed, you know, the summer of 95, it was the first time that I can remember, you know, so I was nine years old at that point. And it's the first time I can really remember being like excited and there being like a wow factor about Everton signing a player. Because I know we'd signed Duncan uh, the previous year and we'd, we'd been made up with that. But yeah, we'd already been there on loan. It was kind of expected, you know what I mean, that, we, that he'd sign up. Whereas Konchelski, signing him from Man United, we were the best team in the country, even though they've obviously not won the league the season before. But yeah, they were probably still a better team than Blackburn, in my opinion. Um, signing a player like Konchelski, yeah, there was a wow factor to that. Everyone... Um, so I was living in Magull at that point, and then everyone like around there had Konchelskis' name on the back. It felt like the first time we had a player that other teams would want, you know what I mean, that I could remember at that point. And obviously the season he had, 95-96, you know, uh, two goals at Anfield, uh, yeah, the Sheffield Wednesday away game, um, and the goals he scored, of, uh, I think, against Leeds, against Middlesbrough, Goodison, um he was just a fantastic player, do you know what I mean? And so I think I think I'd go for Andre, to be honest. Yeah, well, you're preaching to the converter there, mate. He's, he's certainly mine as well. I, I think just I'm slightly a little bit older, mate. Um, I was I was twelve, I think, when we signed him, so just a little bit older. But totally agree, mate. Um, in terms of what he brought and obviously the type of player he was, I I, I remember even as a you know obviously a young kid at the time, um, being shocked like you said that we actually got him because I know obviously. We've heard in dispatches that um, United didn't want to let him go and he wanted to pull the plug on him and stuff like that. And then obviously we did get him. Um, and like you said, he's probably the first um, player I remember where it was going to match where once he got the ball, he just heard like the click of the seats. Everyone stood up because they knew something was going to happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, I totally agree, mate. I um, think, I, think I remember uh, we had we had tickets for his, uh, the Southampton home game at the start of that season and it, and it was his debut. And obviously it had been a long-running saga. And um, it's just one of me vivid memories i think it was like the thursday before uh you know it was kind of confirmed that he was probably going to be playing on the on the, on the saturday and i still remember that kind of excitement we wrote my granddad at the time when it came through on on teletext um and uh you know uh really really excited and i was gutted when he left to fiorentina and um i mean obviously we've had great players since then um as well you know i think uh Possibly a controversial one because I know that, uh, you know, obviously didn't really uh, treat the club the best at times. But Lukaku, I think, uh, you know, a player of his quality, it was privileged to watch. And it's a shame we didn't have some of the players we've got now to supplement him. But yeah, for excitement and, um, you know, uh, particularly as a kid as well, you know, having someone like Kinchelskis. Uh, it was just amazing. And I should also say, Matty, um, you know, Ferguson, I did, did, did contemplate choosing him. Uh, you know, number nine, uh, giving us some great memories. Not always, maybe the most you know consistent or you know injury free as we know, but uh, and but you know, I think he's made a great contribution to the club and continues to do so. No, totally agree, mate. I think. I think that's been blowing out of the water now, hasn't it, mate? Which is great to, great to see the fact that, you know, a lot of people said, what does he do? What does he do around the club? Oh, yeah. um, and obviously, you see what you see what he brought brought to the club um, as a, you know, when he was in a caretaker manager. Um, and Carlo, he always name checks him, doesn't he? And says, well, it was Duncan who sort of started it off. He got the belief back into the squad's team spirit, etc. And then they came in and I, I carried it on. And you look, obviously, the job he's doing um, now, the likes of, obviously, Dorman. Um, players like that who they've gone from sense of strength and it's a no small part of what Duncan's done for the club. So um no so, totally agree, mate. And like you said, yeah, I was certainly one of his uh, one of his fans when he was a player as well. So um brilliant mate, brilliant to see. Um so I've got it unfortunately mate, I've got to ask on the other side now and it's again it's been interesting to hear, hear people's takes on this about what your class is like the worst player. Um you've had obviously play, players mentioned who literally had no ability whatsoever and people were shocked that we, we signed them in the first place right up to you know players who came with you know a big reputation but then obviously didn't put it in in a blue shirt so where are you going with that one mate? yeah i mean uh, you could do a whole podcast on that couldn't you to be honest uh um it's a tricky one and uh the one i'm gonna go for though it just immediately springs to mind um is uh, I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce his surname correctly, but Espen Bordson or Bardson, uh, I don't know, I don't know how, you, how you exactly pronounce his surname, unfortunately. But um, yeah, for me, uh, obviously only made one appearance, Tottenham away, um, and we lost 4-3 um, in the season we finished seventh, I think, under Moyes. That's just the one that springs to mind. I mean, there's a whole, there's, there's so many you could choose from, aren't there, mate? But like, 
for me, yeah, that that one. I think basically every almost every shot that um, that, that the Tottenham had on him, I, I, I took at him that day, took, went in, and it was especially frustrating because White Hart Lane was never a ground we did well on uh, those day, in those days, and we were having a real good go at Tottenham, and basically every time they scored, we'd equalise. But unfortunately, uh, you know, he basically kept on letting, letting the goals in. Uh, obviously, never played for us again, uh, and uh, I believe he retired as well. Like, and went on to be like an investment banker quite, quite, at quite a young age. So, uh, I hope he found some success on that career path. But yeah, for me, that's the that's the one I'm going to go for. I think. What a what a shout, <laughs> mate! God, um, yeah. To be honest, I think we've had we've had Vestavels being mentioned in dispatches, which was obviously quite a similar strange one. Um, but yeah, I do remember that game, mate. I remember that for Italy, to be honest, that game. And um, yeah, oh yeah, it probably sums it up, sums it up at the time, mate, wasn't it? Because there was a few strange signings around that time. So, um, God, mate, yeah, I think I probably had nightmares about Espen. I think so. <laughs> but no, that, that's that's a brilliant one. Like I said, mate, I think the end of the season, um, I'm going to sort of do a best eleven and worst eleven of people that have been on. Yeah. So I think Espen, Espen might be fighting Richard Wright at the moment for the number one shirt. So um, we'll wait and see what everyone else says, mate. But no, that's a great show. It's brilliant. Um, so I've got obviously again, mate. Th- this is another one where it's um, it's been quite contentious in terms of kits. Uh, we've had we've had a lot mentioned, um, and some of them have ended up in both brackets about what people see as like a good Everton kit and a bad Everton kit. But I'll probably start off again with the, with with the good side of things, mate. Is the one that you know you might have in your collection that you you know you love, mate, and you you wouldn't get rid uh, of. Yeah, I'm, I don't don't have it. And do you know what? I don't I don't think I even ever owned it as a kid actually. But the one I'm going to go for is the. Um... The home shirt we wore between '93 and '95. Um, so we obviously wore it in the the infamous Wimbledon game, and uh, and then through Joe Royal's '94 '95 season, and in the semi final against Tottenham. So the blue, yeah, the Royal Blue um, uh, home kit. The reason I'm choosing that, um, I think, partly with kits as well. It's a, it's about your memories that are associated with those kits as well. Uh, but for me. In terms of the, I don't know how it looks, the aesthetics, it's it's like a, you know, there's nothing offensive about it. You know, it's royal blue. There's a an appropriate amount of white on there. Um, and, but there's also just so many memories associated with that kiss. So the Wimbledon game is one of my favorite ever games. Um, and one of my most kind of vivid memories as, as a kid starting to go the match. Um, and then there's obviously, we wore it in, you know, the royal era, on the start of the royal era, rather. Um and it's you know so many good memories associated with that kit. So so yeah, I'll, I'll go for that. Just when I picture it, I can just see Amakachi in the '95 semi-final. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and 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 it raises a smile. So I'll go with that one. I think. No, brilliant kit, mate. And like you said, there's there's so many different memories, isn't there, mate? And it, to be honest, um, quite a lot of the time, obviously we, we struggled, didn't we? We struggled in that kit. But like you said, once once Big Joe came in, we were we were totally different sides. And I, I think it's it's quite iconic, isn't it? That kit. I think going over to the to the other one, um, I know a few people have mentioned about the the cup final shape because it was a bit of an amalgamation of both, yeah. wasn't it? The, the season that season, and then obviously the next season where obviously we changed over to Duncan and stuff like that. But um, no, it's a, that's a great kit, mate. I love that. It's uh, yeah. I mean, you are you are right though. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking here about the memories that you associate with, with it, you know. And obviously, like I think we wore it when we got battered five one by Norwich and Efenakoku, and obviously wore it under Mike Walker. So. I can understand as well that people might have a different kind of memory with it. But uh, for me, just, yeah, particularly in that 94, 95 season, they just kind of associate with with it. And I think the thing for me as well is it always does me head in with Everton home kits if there's kind of too much white on it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I guess the, cl- one of the, cl- the classic, really, Everton home kit for me is probably like 1970, but obviously it's before my era. Um but whereas, like, I think if you think about the one that, like, Gaza wore, for example, that had those white panels down the sides, and it's just too much white for me, do you know what I mean? I think it's um, it should be used sparingly. <laughs> no, totally agree, mate. Totally agree again. I think um, some, some of them we've seen, and I know the, the, the 90, um, I think it's 97 uh, kit, made the one yeah, yeah. where... I think that that's probably been a big one at the moment where people don't like. I think one person's come on and said they like it, but I think, like you said, mate, there was that many different colours. There's white and yellow, etc., on that one, and obviously the wrong shade of blue. In my opinion, yeah. that's been a that's been a popular one for the for the bin mate. So I've got to, I've got to move on to that side of things now with you anyway. Yeah. So is is the one mate? Is the one again that you're uh, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll carry on the conversation where you left off. So the one I thought about here. 
Initially, I thought of the uh, the one we actually wore in Martinez's first season, just because of the Fisher Price uh, badge. Uh, I just fucking hate that badge so much. Um, and therefore, whenever I look at that kit, I just like you know I'm repulsed by it straight away. But for me, it's got to be that '97 shirt that you've just been talking about. For me, it's the it's the like you say, it's the wrong shade of blue. There's yellow on it. Uh, I always, I always hated the kind of um, the, the, you know, it says Everton by the neck. It's like it's uh, you know, just in case we forget who we are or who they're playing for, playing for, uh, which obviously maybe several of our team often gave that impression, didn't they? And obviously, and we talked about <laughs> memories associated with that kit, um, you know, and obviously that was a it was a crap season, wasn't it? You know, it was it was pretty abject. Um, the strange thing is I had the full kit of that as a, you know, it would have been what, 12, 13. And I, I loved it. You know, I was never out of it. I wore it all the time. I remember wearing it to school, you know, wearing it for PE and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, uh, as time's moved on, I, I look at the kit and it just, it doesn't take a single box, does it, for me in terms of what Everton kits are about? No, definitely not, mate. I think, again, at the end of the season, I think um, someone must have it somewhere, mate. I think we're going to have to do a ritual burn in some way. Just get everyone there, mate, to say a few prayers, to be honest, and just say goodbye to it. So, no, mate, I'd, I'd say, I think um, the vast majority of people have said it, who've come on, um, and, you know, whoever whoever actually put that forward to, to be an Everton kiss, I'd love to meet. I'm sure he is somewhere, mate. Hopefully he'll put his head above the parapet one day. Yeah, I think as well, I, I just, I'm in my head now, just visualising that kit and I remember Kevin Davies scored a goal for Southampton against us uh, where he like ran from the halfway line ran through the non-existent defensive midfield and I can just picture that goal do you know what I mean and and like 11 useless uh, useless players kind of being like led a merry dance by Kevin Davies at Goodison so uh do you know what, mate? I think I think that's quite topical as well because I'm sure, obviously, if you watched the coverage last night, mate, all they were going on about was how long it would have been since Southampton had won at Goodison, and I'm sure it was that game, mate. I think it was actually yeah. that game <laughs> was the last one that they won there. And like you said, yeah, I can see it in my mind's eye now, mate. Actually, because uh, you know Kevin Davis, mate, he wasn't exactly Ronaldinho, no, was exactly. he? Um, so how we managed to get through everyone there and slot it. Yeah, he wasn't um, the most but, mobile of players either. To, uh, you know, and he, he certainly wasn't, mate. He, and he yeah, was. he just kind of dribbled. For through, through our team and I just remember because I think that was like around November-ish of that season and um, obviously it was a bad season but that was you know we were really kind of on, on the kind of downward slope I think we lost home to Tottenham a couple of weeks later as well and just it seemed like Everton was was miserable in that time that period you know what I mean and yeah so that kit is as I say it doesn't tick any boxes aesthetically and going back to what I was saying about memories there's there's very few good memories associated with it as well no, brilliant, mate. Um, yeah, as I say, I'm definitely going to have to rack these up, mate. But I think you're the 13th person, <laughs> I'm sure. I, I think you're either the 11th or 12th who've, uh, who've had this one yeah. as the worst one, mate. So, yeah, we're definitely racking the numbers up, mate. There's no doubt about that. Um, but uh, to be honest, after you mentioned it about that Southampton game, so it's probably a good segue, really, into uh, the next the next part, which is obviously about the matches you've been to. Um, so it's up to you where you want to start, mate. Obviously, you can you can carry on that theme if you want from the yeah. Southampton game about uh, when you've been and you've been devastated. If yeah, you want, I'll, I'll start with the worst, I think, which has to be the 2012 um, FA Cup semi-final. Um, <sighs> just, uh, you know, I think the context for this as well is important because, you know, I think it's easy to forget that that was a bad Liverpool team. We actually finished above them that season, I think, as well, you know, and it wasn't a great, it wasn't a vintage Everton team by any stretch. So it kind of shows you where where, where things were at. I could be wrong on that, but I, I think we finished seventh and they finished eighth or something like that. Um, but I remember that semi-final, mate, and the anticipation leading up to it. So um, I think that, that, that season, I don't think, had started off particularly, you know, I hadn't really particularly enjoyed it. I do remember sort of late 2011, uh, went going to some matches and just just feeling a bit like you know the Moyes era was kind of coming to its natural conclusion. We didn't have any money to spend. Um, certain players like I guess Cahill being a good one, you know, were sort of starting to to fade out a little bit. And I remember just going to, going to the match didn't seem especially fun for for some for, uh, for some weeks. But then obviously I think we signed Yelovich sort of in the January and. Um, and as Moyes actually did a few times, you know, just when it, it felt like his kind of era was coming to kind of uh, petering out, 
we weren't on a kind of really, really good run of form. Jelovic obviously was really became quite prolific. And I always remember the Sunderland away quarter final, which um, I might even I still don't even know what I'm going to say for my favourite game, but that, that's one of the nights for me that's right up there. You know, I absolutely loved that. Um, I remember vividly remember everything about that day. Um, and there was what, six, seven thousand Everton fans there. The atmosphere was bouncing. It was one of those nights you just knew you were, Everton were going to win the moment the moment you stepped in the ground. The team were imperious. Fellaini had a great game. Jelovic. Anyway, my point is that after that game and going into a, the semi-final against the poor Liverpool team, I I honestly thought, right, this is it. You know, this is after so many years and so many games uh, where Everton have not shown up in a derby or they've been may, might have been some injustice as well. Um, I, I thought, you know, this is it. This is the match where we can, you know, avenge Clive Thomas, avenge Alan Hansen, avenge you know the various derby collapses. Um, and it was just a complete, I mean, as we know, you know, we lost 2-1. Um, but the day as well, it was an early kickoff. Um, I remember the atmosphere didn't seem, for, for me at least, didn't seem very great where I was sat in Wembley. I was sat in the... T- uh, there was Everton fans around me arguing about, like, standing up, sitting down. We were one nil up at half-time through Jelovic, obviously. But then, you know, the second half was crap. Um, and it wasn't Moyes' finest hour, should we say. So yeah, that just that day, and I remember thinking after that, you know, this is just, uh, you know, when are we ever gonna? And obviously, we still haven't, but are we ever gonna win a trophy? You know, <laughs> it's yeah, it, it was it was such a strange game, wasn't it, mate? I, I still don't know to this day how we can try to lose that in that second half because I'm not saying we were, we were vintage in the first half, but we were so comfortable, and then. Obviously, everyone knows, don't we? Make you know, Sylvan Distan makes that back pass, and it just seemed like that the, any confidence just sapped out of yeah. everyone, didn't it? And um, you know, it was it was no surprise, obviously, when, when Carol popped that one in. It, it's been funny, mate, to speak to because a few people have mentioned this now, some um, in dispatches, and I've been speaking to um, other people um, a couple of weeks ago about. Um, the situation with at the time with Royston yeah. Drenta. Um and I know he's mentioned it in in in, um, in interviews and stuff about obviously he was told uh, a day or two before because obviously stuff that had gone on that week um, to basically stay away and not travel with the party and that, it, it's something in the back of my mind that just thinks if, if you would have had him there as an option um, not even maybe to start but as an option to come on um, you know who knows because. Uh, yeah. You know what he was like on his day, mate. I know he was a real enigma, wasn't he? But I, 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 I still think to this day he probably would have caused them problems, and uh, you know we might we might have come away with a different. I definitely disease. agree, mate. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I, I never, I must say, I never warmed to him just because of his kind of attitude and stuff. Although he did score some great goals for us, but um, in the short time he was there, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, I, I look back at that 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 day, and I think you know, uh, Magai Gay obviously started, and I think he played about 70 minutes, and, uh, and I'm just like, how did Magai Gay end up playing forever and then for 70 minutes in an FA Cup semi-final? Do you know what I mean? How did we end up at that kind of point? I always think it about the game in Kiev as well, because like we had Christian Atsu playing and Alcaraz, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and we should have won that game. We would have gone through uh, to to would it have been the would it have been the last it would have been to the last eight, I think, wouldn't it, of the, the Europa League that season? And I always think, how did we have those players playing in such big games for us? Um, I totally agree with you, and and I think that was as you say the the back pass from Distan. You know, obviously, really bad mistake. Uh, and I just, uh, yeah, I obviously tried to black black the memory out uh, of that game, but I don't really remember us kind of threatening or having real a proper good chance after that. And it was just so disappointing, do you know what I mean? And and, uh, and I think I'd I, I, the FA Cup is a trophy for me or a tournament or competition that I you know I love. Um, I, and very nearly chose the Wigan home game under a year later, which was just as disappointing, probably. But yeah, I had to go for this one just because it was at Wembley. It was in the semi-final. Uh, I actually think we would have had a decent chance against Chelsea. I think we had beaten them that season as well. So I don't think the final would have been a write-off, or we would have inevitably lost. You know what I mean? Sometimes people say, "Oh, well, we would have lost the final anyway." Well, I don't. Don't know. That's true. Um, yeah, should have won. I, you know, it's 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 one that I'll always look back on with uh, more than a tinge of regret. No, and I think everyone everyone feels the same, mate. It's um, yeah, it's a big disappointment. But hopefully, you know, this season we we've got a quarter final to look forward to, haven't we? In a few weeks' time, so hopefully we can remedy that, like you said, and uh, finally get finally get a pot in the in the cabinet, mate. So fingers crossed. Um, obviously 
the other the other side of things now, right? Yeah. Trying to uh, cheer us up a bit. Um, I know this again. This will probably be a hard one for you, but again, it, it's the one match that sort of stands out as as the greatest. Ah, mate, like so many, like the the thing is, like a lot of people, particularly our our red cousins, often think because we haven't won a pot, um, you know. So I I didn't go to the '95 Cup final, for example. So I've never been in the grounds to see Everton win a trophy, you know, at all. I, I wasn't at Wembley in '95, so I haven't had that privilege. But a lot of people think that because because we haven't done that, because we haven't had been the most successful, that you know there aren't good memories, or you know, it's like, you know, what's the point? Actually, there's there's so many to choose from. Um. Often that's also associated with kind of off the pitch as well. So um, originally, you know, I often go straight to the Wimbledon game in 94, um, but that's not what I'm going to choose here. But I often go to that because I was a kid um, and I remember it wasn't my first game. I'd been going, I'd gone to the match for a couple of years, but I remember that was the first big game I'd been to, do you know what I mean? And uh, I remember obviously the atmosphere. I remember even my dad, who's fairly, fairly sort of a quiet man at times, at least, uh, you know, even he was like up and down singing and, and shouting and chanting, but I'm not going to choose for that because I was only, well, how old was I? I was eight. Do you know what I mean? I can remember it, but it's not like I could, I couldn't enjoy it. I couldn't go, I didn't go out and get like bladdered afterwards or anything like that, you know? So the what game I'm going to go for is the 2009 FA Cup semi-final, actually. Um, and just cause, not cause of the game, you know, the game was crap. Obviously we drew nil nil against Man United and we won on penalties, but just the day it was the first, I didn't go to the 95 semi-final either, which was another one, which, uh, you know, it was a game that I like lo- love and love watching the highlights of, but I wasn't there. But 2009, I was, you know, I was an adult by then. Uh, me and my mates went down for the weekend. Um, and we always, when we go to Wembley, we drink in, a, in the same pub in Harrow on the Hill. Um, and we got in there early on the Sunday. Um, and it was just one of those days, you know what I mean? If you could go back and relive, you're there with your mates, you're watching Everton at Wembley in a big game. Um, it was the first time that I've obviously that we'd been in the semi-final since 1995. So I remember everyone just wanted to win it so desperately. Do you know what I mean? There was a generation who hadn't even experienced being in a kind of semi-final. Um, and uh, well, some some stories about that day, though, mate. You know, I, I nearly didn't get in the ground because uh, the kind of police and stewards uh, thought that I'd had too much to drink. So I literally had to beg a steward to not take away my ticket. I was like. And just looking back, what a, what a dickhead, you know what I mean? I've waited all my life for Everton to be in this kind of position and I, I nearly don't get in the ground because uh, cause I've had too much to drink. I remember begging him to get, let me in and he's like, all right, yeah, go on. Um, anyway, I was sat in the top tier. Um, just remember the penalty shootout, how tense it was, how nervous everyone was. Um, and it was just great when we won. And um, and it was one of those things. I, I, I remember the guy who directed Rob Sloman, who directed Howard's Way, I remember him saying uh, about uh, when Everton won the Cup in 1984, that when he went into school the next day, he almost felt like people should be giving him a round of applause, you know what I mean? Because he was that happy and it meant that much to him. And it almost felt like that going into work the next day. People were actually talking about Everton, you know, even people who don't like footy, you know, they were talking about Everton during the Cup final, all this. It's just a great day, mate. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go for that one. When Jack Elka's penalty went in, um, it was such an explosion of emotion and joy. And even though the final itself was was obviously very disappointing, um, it was a great day. You know what I mean? No, it, it certainly was, mate. Um, yeah, to be honest, I was the same. Um, I don't think it was in much of a state, mate, by the time we got to be honest. <laughs> to be honest but uh, the, probably the main takeaway, I think, from, from the game was... Um, I'll be honest, mate, I bottled it. Um, I, I turned round in my seat and sort of got on my hands and knees when Jag took that last pen. I just couldn't watch it. Um, and I just obviously, once the roar went up, that was it. I started jumping around. But um, I've, I've, to be honest, I've only ever seen it, um, obviously, on the replays. Um, but I never yeah. actually saw it, saw it live. I just bought, I just couldn't hack it, mate. It was too much for me. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was a great day out, mate. And obviously, the, the, trip, the trip home was probably one that I Oh, I forget. just like, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the trip, trip home's funny, actually, because, um, so actually, I should say at this point, I wasn't living locally at then. I was living in Sheffield, so I got the train back to Sheffield. And um, I remember getting on the train, like literally made it with about twenty seconds to spare because I've been in the been in, been in, been in a pub by um, St Pancras for hours. Anyway, I sat next to this fellow. I was sat on the outside of the aisle, and he'd been he had the program there, and obviously I had, I had quite a lot to drink. So it's like an old guy. It's like, um, and I sort of struck up a conversation with him, and he was like, "Oh, he was very nice," and he'd been there as a neutral. I think he got tickets to his local FA or something. 
Anyway, I had a good chat with him, but then um, I must have fallen asleep because then I woke up probably about two hours later. And bear in mind, I'm sat on the outside of the aisle as well, and he's not there. He's got off the train, so he must have had to like clamber or climb over me or been trying to wake me up to get past me, but I would have been dead to the world. Um, and uh, yeah, so I never saw him again, but uh, I hope he managed to get off the train in time without uh, waking me up. Um, but yeah, just a brilliant day, mate. Like, um, and it's that, that's the thing, like, you know, obviously, I think the day we win a trophy will probably. Um, will probably supersede all of those. And on another day, I could choose a different game. But for me, um, it's the first semi-final I've been to. Uh, we actually won. And um, I was there with my brother, with my mates, uh, drinking in the sun. Um, and yeah, they're the sort of days that you, that, that you go to match for, I think. No, I totally agree, mate. Um, hopefully as well. I think it'd be so bittersweet. I've mentioned this a few times, Tom, so that uh, if obviously we get to that semi, um, in a few weeks' time, and we can't ah, beat it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. To be honest, mate. Especially the fact you know if we get to the final as well. Um, I know a few people have said they're going to go down regardless. So I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But um, yeah, definitely, it, mate. Yeah, nice. I mean, it'll I thought be, uh, to be honest, you know, if this was uh, kind of um, you know normal times, whatever they whatever we, they are these days. Anfield could have could have well been a game that I, w- I w- could have mentioned here because um, you know winning there for the first time in so long, um, um, you know that, that that would have been right up right up there. But obviously, you know, it's, it's it's kind of not the same necessarily when you when you're watching it on the telly, is it? And like you said, if we, I really really hope we beat City, obviously, um, and I really want us to to win a pot. But it will be really bittersweet if we can't. If we can't be there, and you know, I think a semi final day, I don't know what I'd do. You know, well, I know that I would drink a lot and probably not remember much of it, but uh, but uh, yeah, it'd be really gutting if we, we can't be there. No, totally, totally agree, Tom. Um, but like you said, if uh, if we get to if we get to a pot on the cabinet, mate, and we can get the shoes off our back a bit, a bit like what we did at Anfield, then I'm all yeah, for it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I think, um, and I, I, I don't know how you feel, mate, but I, I certainly think that once we do get one um, under Carlo, I, I could see us getting a, a few. Um, I think it's obviously once we just get over that that hump. Um, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really interesting what uh, Coleman said after the derby about the kind of mental mental kind of baggage associated with playing there and that some of the, the 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 newer players obviously don't don't have that you know um and i do think that having won a derby as well you know we won't be going even us as fans like let's be honest we go in we go into most derbies and we've been expecting to lose because because we normally do you know um and we're we're so fed up of kind of being disappointed. I've I've always felt like we don't necessarily go into those games with a lot of hope because we don't want to be let down again. Whereas now we've you know we've got that kind of uh, that we've broken that hoodoo. We've we've got that off our backs. And I do think for you know the derbies next season, for example, and when hopefully fans are back in the in the ground, um, you know there'll, there'll be hopefully a lot more kind of I guess uh, uh, positivity about about things. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, mate. Yeah, I hope you're right. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so do I, so, so do I. Um, but that, to be honest, it's it, it's good we, we brought things up to date, mate. Because obviously, looking ahead to this week, um, two more massive games in you know our, our awful uh, chase for the top four. Because um, we, we're obviously been in a really good position, now, mate. So hopefully, we can kick on. Obviously, Thursday, uh, we've got a, a, we're reunited with the Counter Monte Cristo <laughs> again, aren't we? Um, and and Big Sam. Um, and I know, obviously, they got a they got a massive win on the weekend. Um, how Brighton didn't win that game, I don't know. Uh, obviously, missed two penalties, had some great chances as well. But obviously, West Brom come out come out with a win, so they'll they'll sort of be on a bit a bit of a high. Um, but in terms, of obviously, the, the the quality we've got, um, I could I could obviously see us going there and, and getting the result, mates. Especially if we've got you know the likes of Hammers back and um, etc. So I, I was yeah. Much like you just said, I suppose. I mean, it's a game that, yeah, we should definitely be looking uh, to win. Uh, I know that sounds like a statement the obvious, but sometimes with away games, you often think, oh, well, you'd, you'd take a point, you know, if we win win the home games. I think for West Brom, they're, they're obviously quite far adrift uh, in the bottom three. Um, and it's the sort of game that if you've got a serious hope of finishing in uh, in the top four or even the top six maybe as well, you know, it's the sort of game you've got to, got to be winning, I think. Um that said, obviously, you know, 
you know, I'm, I don't want people to think that I'm saying if we draw, it's the end of the world. I think there's a long uh, there's a long race to run in terms of those positions, but the three points would be really helpful, especially with uh, Liverpool playing Chelsea as well. Um, but yeah, West Brom, I think they drew with United recently as well, didn't they at home? So, um, and we all know uh, we all know what Allardyce is like. Um, I remember under him, I think we played West Brom twice, and we drew we drew both games, and they were absolutely sterile. Abject, boring experiences. <laughs> I've no doubt he'll try and make make Thursday's game the same. Um, yeah, you know, I, I like the keeper. I think Johnston's a, Johnston's a decent keeper. Um, but you know, it's a game. As I say, I think if you want to be finishing top four, top six, you've got to be winning, haven't you? No, t- totally agree, mate. I mean, what what would you do, someone? Terms of the lineup, would you make many changes? Uh, I, I, I would. Um, I mean, what I would. What I would say is, obviously, we've got Chelsea away on Monday, and I guess there's a there's a kind of um, there's a question, isn't it? I guess about how you use the squad at the moment, you know. Um, but I would really prioritise and go full throttle for getting the three points against West Brom. Do you know what I mean? I mean, not that it's either or, obviously, but I think, yeah, as I say, you know, I think when the games come as quickly as they are, you do think about which game, you know, how you use your squad. I'd I'd go all out for the three points on Thursday myself. Um, uh, obviously, it's a statement obvious, but three points on on Thursday is better than one point on uh, on Monday, isn't it? You know, um, I really, really, I'd, 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 I'd definitely put out as strong a team as we can, and I wouldn't be thinking about rotation necessarily. Uh, what would you do? No, it's it, it's it's a great point, mate. I was thinking exactly the same. To be honest, I think you you've got to go and make sure you get the three points on Thursday first before we we start thinking about Monday. Um, if if Hammers is fit, mate, I think he's got to come in. Um, I, I think with a, you know I know I know a few people um have said like that most of the game what does he do etc. But I think for what he gives you, um, in terms of his vision and his ability, um, he's got to be one of the first names on the team sheet for me when he's fit, mate. So whether whether that means you know, um, Gilfie drops out, I don't know. Um, I thought if, if Tom yeah. Davis was fit, he would have probably yeah. played yesterday. Um, because I think the way the way he's played the last few games, you know, you, you couldn't really drop him. Um, so I don't know whether he yeah, comes back. Yeah, anyway. I was going to say about Davis as well. I think he's been brilliant recently. Um, and I mean, so I think. Uh, unless I've missed anything, but I think Carlo just kind of said him and Hamez and I think Coleman as well were, were just kind of light knocks, you know. So hopefully that means they might be available on Thursday. I mean, I thought obviously it's going to take uh, Alan a while to, to get back into the swing of things. I didn't think he was always necessarily on it last night, which isn't a comment on his overall ability, obviously, but just the, the fact that, um, you know, it will take him a while maybe to get to get used to things again. So I'd bring Davis back in if, if he's fit, obviously, you know, um, uh, definitely. And I, th- I think you're right about James as well, you know, so I think a few people have sometimes said that about, uh, you know, sometimes maybe might they might think he's sauntering around the pitch a little bit, but I mean, you saw his assist at Anfield. Uh, that's what he brings to the team, isn't it? You know, that sort of vision and, um, and craft, uh, which you know, not you know, it was very rare in a player. You know, um, so uh, I'd definitely be, be be bringing him back in if possible, because that's also those sort of slide rule passes are the sort of thing that you know we'll probably need. You know, if West Brom play as we anticipate, an Allardyce side will play. You're going to need some kind of ingenuity, some kind of craft to kind of unlock that kind of um, that massive wall of shite that he'll put up against us. <laughs> no, exactly, mate. And it'd be interesting to see if he if he sticks with this sort of like diamond in the in the midfield. Um, and obviously, like we saw last night, um, it was it was Dom and Richarlison, wasn't it up front, mate? So I know I know we played similar um, towards the back end of last season. So obviously the players are comfortable with it. So like you said, maybe he obviously he rotates a few players in the middle of the park and we go with with a similar system. But like you said, I think that obviously the main priority, no matter what happens, is just get these three points and then moving on to um, a massive game on, on Monday um, against Chelsea. What have you made of them, mate, since, since Tuchel's uh, come in? I must admit, I haven't watched much of them since he's actually come in, but um, I'm, I think the thing for me, so I, 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 I think he... With Lampard, for example, um, I would be more confident uh, if, if Lampard was still in charge, let's put it that way. Um, I, I, I think we go into that game against Chelsea. I think they'll be as worried about us as we are them. I think the whole kind of um, the dynamic about home advantage has kind of been a bit diluted this season, as we've you know seen with our away form and our home form, perhaps. Um, interestingly, I, I do think, I remember 
we obviously played Chelsea, and I think it's going to be on the basically year to the day since we played them last season. It was the last game the fans went to, if you if you if, if you remember before the kind of lockdown. Yeah. And um, and I think we went into that game with probably not not as good a position as we are now, but I think we were um, basically it was the sort of game where we if we won, yeah, we'd rein them in a bit and we'd be in the thick of it with the European spots, which seems daft to say now because obviously we didn't end the season very well but we were at that point we'd have been on quite a good run of form and obviously we bottled it and we got hammered 4-0 um, I, I really I do think our squad has improved to the point where oh, touch wood obviously you know that that, that, that won't happen um, I don't know what, what what do you make of Chelsea yourself mate like in terms of what their, their, their kind of threat will be yeah, like you said, Sam, it's been it's been strange to see because when you looked at Sushil, obviously the teams that he's managed, um, I always sort of come across him as like obviously quite an attack-minded manager. But you look, and I know it's only been early days since he's been in at Chelsea, um, but the victories that they've had, um, they all seem to sort of be by the goal. I, th- I think they've, they've they've obviously tried to shore things up a little bit with the formation, and obviously they've got they have got some really good attacking players, haven't they? I know where certainly the players that he brought in the summer, everyone looked at them and thought, oh yeah, do you know what they they might actually do something this season? And obviously it hasn't happened, but um, I watched them a little bit against United and. And um, I think, to be honest, both both teams um, just just set up like they didn't want to get beat, um, and I think maybe that's that's the way they might go. I, I, you know, I think certainly with our with our away record um, and the way the way it has been, I, I think that's the template again going into that game. I think obviously Chelsea, you know, like you said, mate. Um, obviously on Thursday night they they're playing they're playing the yeah. Reds away, aren't they? So depending on what happens in that game. Um, I think that they're certainly going to have to come out and have a go at us, which, which I think plays into our hands and the, the way we've played this season away from home, um, where we've obviously let let teams come on to us, mate, and then we, we've hit, we've sort of hit them on the break. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I can certainly see us getting a result there. I think obviously we've just got to be a bit wary because they have got they have got quality, and um, I think sooner or later that, that that's probably going to click. But hopefully, yeah, the, on yeah. Uh, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I think they've got that um, the, the young lad um, uh, Gilmore, who I, I think played really well against us last this time last year. Um, and I don't, did, mate, I, yeah. I don't think he's really featured, and that's always uh, seemed a little bit strange to me because he seemed like a, a really, really, uh, really good prospect. Um, and I, I just had a, a quick look then while you were talking, and it seems like they've been trying to send him out on loan, which seems a bit of a bit of a strange one. Um, I think the thing for me, Matty, is like this. Like I was looking at the table last night, and uh, and I'm I'm not being negative. Just to just to clarify, I'm very positive about the Blues at the moment. But uh, I think we're only yeah we're we're kind of six points ahead of is it Arsenal maybe in ninth or whoever's in ninth anyway. It's so close at the moment. You know what I mean? Like uh, and it really could go out. Like you know, um, the season's kind of a, a kind of a crossroads. I think for us um, in the next few weeks, we've got quite a few league games. And obviously, we've got the cup quarter final as well, which uh, for me, I'd, I'd prioritise that above anything else myself. Um, but I know, I know not everyone sees sees things that way. But yeah, it's a, it's a real kind of. Um, uh, I do think our season's at crossroads, and I do think that if we get, say, in the next what three games, like if we can get a decent return uh, and perhaps stay unbeaten as well, um, then you know I think we can uh, we can be pretty optimistic about the rest of the season. No, I totally agree, mate. I think certainly for these two games, I think you've got to be looking at four points, haven't you? Yeah, at least. yeah. Um, to sort of to get to where we want to be. I think obviously if we win, if we win Thursday, I think it'd be massive psychologically, mate, to see us, you know, get back into that top four. Um, and like you said, obviously depending on the way the results go, we, we could be still there um, at the end of Thursday going into that game on on Monday against Chelsea. But um, yeah, I, I'm like you said, mate. I'm I'm optimistic. I, I'm going for um, I'm going for the two 0 um, on Thursday, um, and I, I think we, I think we might nick it one yeah. nil um, on oh, Monday against Chelsea. Yeah, Bobby I like Chelsea. it. I like your optimism. Uh, I, I'll go for a one nil on on the Thursday, and uh, Monday I'll, I'll I'll go for a one one. I reckon. Um, I think the other thing I just wanted to say as well, mate, is just yeah, the club at the moment there is. In the last few weeks, obviously, especially, but really all season, despite some of the home form, there's been such a wave of positivity and optimism uh, provoked by Carlo, provoked by the form of some of the younger players, You know, thinking about Calvert-Lewin at the start of the season in particular, uh, signing players at the profile of Hammers. And obviously the last few weeks, we've broken the derby who do. We've won at Anfield. The, the, there's been very encouraging news about the new ground. 
it just feels like there's such a kind of almost unprecedented for people our age, like wave of positivity about almost every aspect of um, of the club at the moment. You know, normally it's the case that things are all right in one area, but maybe not so good in the other, or you know, there isn't the kind of resources to support what the manager wants to do. It feels like there's such a wave um, of positivity and optimism, and I think qualifying for Europe uh, would just really help to continue that. Uh, whether that's the Europa League or the Champions League, uh, it just feels like there's a real opportunity for the club at the moment, um, and uh, and I think it's exciting times actually to be supporting us. It feels like you know that it doesn't feel like other 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 eras. I feel I don't know what you think. No, so, so I totally agree, mate. Um, it reminds me a lot of um, when, obviously, Big Joe took over and we went on that run. We we won the cup, and then, like you said, the following season, we you know we we get we got Andre in. Um, the following season after that, Gary Speed came in, and we obviously started off well there. Um, but like you said, I think it, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? Having and you know I don't want to hark back to it, um, but having someone with the profile of Carlo coming in, um, like you said, the, the players that he brought, he's brought. Um, especially the likes of Hammers um, and I'll, I don't think we would have got those if obviously Carl yeah. was not there and all you ever hear about any players um, who, who sort of come in and the players that are still there they, they obviously talk about him um, glowingly and what you know what what a, what a great manager he is it's such a you know it's a privilege to play for him etc um, and I certainly think like you said mate I think we're probably ahead of where most people expected us to be at this stage. Um, but like you said, I think Europe's imperative, whatever competition it is, to get there. And then hopefully in the summer, like you said, I think a lot of people think we might be maybe you know three, maybe three or four players away. I think certainly the right hand side needs having a look at. Um, Seamus obviously been a great servant, being you know I think he's you know he's been a good captain as well yeah. for us. But he obviously he's coming to sort of the end of his career now. Um, and I know Max Allen's has been mentioned in dispatches about maybe getting him. Um, I certainly probably think maybe you know. We've got obviously Richarlison, um, who's don't really know he's been great down the middle lately, but most of the time he's been employed on the left. If we can get someone of like a similar profile on the right hand side, I think it'd be massive for us because th- you know, you, you watch the games as well as I have, mate, and quite a lot of our attack and play seems to go down the left hand yeah. side, doesn't it? And the, the, the right seems to be missed out. Um, and then obviously, who knows, who knows in the summer what's going to happen with, with, with Moise Keane? Um, I think. By the looks of it, uh, he looks like he's going to be off. He looks like he's happy there. He's obviously banging goals in, but they've obviously got to come up with the money, haven't they? So um, I'm not sure, you know, from what I've seen, I haven't seen much of Josh King so far. I don't know whether he's fully fit um, and where he figures, whether, you know, whether he's going to be staying past this season. So I think that's certainly he's looking at. But I think certainly the way we perform most of the season, and I think that's the big thing for me, Tom, to be honest. there's not many games I can remember where we put in a, a full ninety minutes. So if we can get some like real consistency out of these out of these players and out of these performances, mate, then I think we can really push. Next yeah, season, I, I, I totally agree, mate. You know, I mean, of course, we've been here before, and like you know, there's been many kind of false dawns or false kind of glimmers of hope. But I, I think you're right, having a manager like Ancelotti, who you know, with his profile and what he has actually accomplished, um, it's different to. To the other managers we had, uh, you know, with the with the like, you know, respect to them, but you know, they were always kind of managers who hadn't necessarily um, won trophies. Basically, you know, I suppose is what you'd say. Um, and I think the thing about Carlo as well is he's he's like almost achieved the impossible by like uniting the Everton fan base. You know what I mean? When normally, you know, whether it was Martinez or Moyes, you know, um, there was there was always kind of. Uh, division about like you know um about who's the best man for the job um and in terms of like the managerial post i don't think there's been this kind of like uh you know much agreement and universal agreement between evertonians probably since we all wanted walter smith to be sacked in 2002 you know <laughs> so uh if nothing else i think uh fair play to carlo for that one no, I totally agree, mate. I, I think don't be wrong. I think I've seen maybe a couple of comments, people saying he's the Italian uh, Um, which yeah, but I, I think it's literally only been a couple, mate. And I think no matter what, you're always going to get some distractors, aren't you? But I think certainly the lads I know, mate, everyone's fully behind them. Um, and you know you've only got to look, like you said, in terms of the squad, the squad's not really where, where it needs to be at the moment, is it? But to to obviously get us to where he, he's got us. Um, with with that squad, and you think, mate. I mean, a lot of people um, talk about him, but he's, he's only had one transfer yeah. window, hasn't he? Um, really, I know. Obviously, Josh King was brought in at the last knock in January, but he's only really had the summer. Um, so you know, if if we're giving him, you know, 
X amount of transfer and those um obviously going up to going up to a brand new home, mate. Hopefully he's still in the job by then. But to me, you know, in the next couple of years, I think that I think the squad and the club's gonna be unrecognizable. Yeah, um and you know, I'm firmly I'm firmly backing him, mate, and uh, firmly believe that he'll take us to where he yeah, needs to definitely, get to. Yeah, and just on that, the Bramley Moore thing, I mean I'm really excited about the the kind of proposals that have been put forward for that. Uh, but wouldn't it be great as well to like uh you know well basically win one more trophy at least the Goodison and parade that around like you know um a, it'd be kind of a, a fitting kind of departure wouldn't it um oh most definitely mate I, I don't know whether you saw it I put it I put a tweet out the other night um I watched that Pele documentary on Netflix if anyone everyone hasn't seen it um obviously you know great documentary uh, it's up there with the Maradona yeah. for me to be honest but he was talking about um obviously going through his career uh, and there was quite a lot made about the 66 World Cup because obviously he was he was hacked out of games when it was there but to actually see the ground full um and, and bouncing obviously when the likes you know Brazil were playing Portugal and stuff like that it just made me think about like you said so that there's not going to be many more games left and especially the way this pandemic's gone um, we've missed out on obviously games already haven't we so um, I think we certainly need to make you know make the most of when we're there um, I can't wait my little lad's nearly two and a half and he hasn't been yet so I can't wait to obviously get him get him in there hopefully before uh, before we move but there's certainly not long left mate and we, we've got to cherish all the memories yeah definitely there. I mean just on that with you lads that's definitely this, you know because that's what it's all about isn't it it's about your mates it's about family it's about the, the kind of community uh, I miss it loads you know what I mean I do I really I really do kind of just miss the kind of community aspect as much as anything as well seeing people seeing the likes of yourself you know bumping into people that you kind of have only become mates with or only really know through the match um and just that aspect of it is something that 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 i really do miss um and uh look you know i mean i'm i must admit last week or whatever when the decision came through about the new ground uh there was a bit of me and there didn't seem to be many tweets about this although i'm sure everyone does feel it but there was a bit of me which felt a bit started you know what i mean i was like shit you know fucking goodness is that's going to be, you know, is got is going to be gone. You know, we are like this is it now. I think you know, touch wood. Um, unlike the previous proposals, which have never got to this this stage, but you can't help but be excited, obviously, about bike when you look at the kind of proposals for for Bramley Moor. Um, but you know, I just hope that you know the the clowns running the country have uh, are, are making the right decisions for for once, you know, and have, and have got kind of a. A plan to get us out of this this shit because uh you know um obviously th- there are more important things than football of course there are but we all want to get back to our normal lives uh and i just i can't wait for the day that we are all back in goodison no definitely mate I, we're all holding out for it aren't we um you know hopefully who knows mate maybe for the time that the season kicks off in august we, we could be back in um you know fingers crossed but like you said we, we've certainly got to make the most of it when we do um but it's been absolutely brilliant to have you on mate um great to see obviously you're doing well um and obviously the the, the fanzines back back up and running again um just obviously p- p- people i'm sure the vast majority of people listening to this mate, will, will know of you but just in case obviously anyone who hasn't been living under a rock for um, the last few years uh where can they find the yeah nice one thanks for having me on it's been a been a privilege i really enjoyed it and keep it keep it up with the podcast as well it's really good and it's a bit something a bit different as well you know uh but i think it's been great the amount of like everton podcasts that have emerged actually and they've all got the kind of own unique style as well which is which is which is really good uh yeah the mag um so we've got the the first issue of 2021 is is going to be out in this in sort of about two weeks probably um so you can pre-order it now there'll be a link on my twitter which is at the black underscore watch um so pre-orders always really help us because then you can order like the right amount of uh of mags and um and my wife won't moan at me if there's like a box full of unsold ones sat in the uh, in, in, in the spare room. Um, so yeah, you can you can order it there. Um, it's only two quid plus postage. We've um, kept the price at the same as it was since it launched, even though postage costs and printing costs keep going up. Like you know, but it's because it, that's not what it's about. It's just about you know produced in a kind of tangible something you can read something you can read on the box something you can read on the train or whatever um and uh yeah you know so the new issue there's loads of good stuff in there uh interview bob the pole loads of kind of fan stories fan experiences that sort of stuff um a fair dose of cynicism but also some kind of uh blue tinge positivity and optimism as well 
No, brilliant. Brilliant to hear, mate. And like I said, uh, obviously at the start, it, it's been a privilege, obviously, to, to be involved with it, mate. Um, and I say for, for people, obviously, we haven't read it before. Like you said, the, there's something in there for everyone, really. So, um, you, you know, people should definitely give it a go. Um, just just before I finish, just wanted to give it a couple other shout out, mate, if you don't mind. Um, I've got to basically give a shout out to Matty Owens from Grand Old Tees, um, who sent, some, sent something through to me the other day. Um, fantastic t shirts, brilliant quality that they've got. Um, Matty actually sent me through one of his Don Carlo caps, um, where basically my earth during lockdown, mate, it's just been, well, it's ridiculous, to be perfectly honest. My missus, thankfully, managed to cut it for me last night. Um, clip, clippers, clippers, not um, conked out um, at the start, so she has to basically cut it with the scissors, mate. I was there all night, but it's not too bad. She hasn't done too bad a job, mate, to be honest, but uh, I bought the cap as a fallback. <laughs> Um, but so it's it's but I say if anyone wants to have a look at the work of Grand uh, Grand Old Seas on Twitter, have a look at that. Uh, and a big congratulations to Rebecca Corbett, who actually won our competition. We obviously ran the competition uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, about winning a shirt um, of, of your choice from the 2021 season. So Rebecca was the winner of that one. Um, we're expecting uh, another competition probably is going to be run before the end of the season. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Tom, nice thanks time, again mate. for your time. It's been brilliant having you on. Um, and for everyone else, guys, who's listening, thanks very much for your time, as always. Take care of yourselves and up the toffees. <laughs>